Well, I'm glad you're here. Aren't we glad the Lord's here? Isn't his presence good? That's a testimony. That's over 65 years. Does she look like she's needy? She's not needy because God took care of her. He is faithful. He is faithful. But we live in a world where you better know God. Because if you're on your own, it's uphill both ways. Let me read you some highlights out of this, this week. A queer, non-binary, trans professor claims it's okay for adults to be sexually attracted to minors as long as they don't act on their attractions. And hooray for Governor DeSantis of Florida because he told Biden, if you keep sending these people in here in the middle of the night, I'm going to bust them back up to Delaware. So, Lord, help him. Vermont becomes the first state to require access to condoms for middle and high school students. Virginia School Board orders libraries to remove sexually explicit books. Praise God. So I'm telling you, there's some people standing up around the country. <clears throat> we read in a paper yesterday, I believe it was Singapore, had the highest vaccination rate of any place. It was 97% or 99.7, and they've got the most active cases going. So I'm telling you, this COVID thing's still around, and uh, the government is still trying to make us all take the shot. And if you desire to take it, that's your business, and I'm for you. But I'm against the government mandates, and they're coming after us. They want to control everything we do. And here's some good news. There's five former Navy SEALs all running for Congress this next year. So, uh, you know, God's going to raise up some people that we can get our government to be of the people and not just uh, a mess. Let me say it that way. But, uh, well, I want to look at some scripture. We want to talk about a mystery this morning. Do you like a mystery? I, I like a good mystery. We've watched Perot. I've watched uh, Columbo. Uh, yeah, one more thing. What about uh, Sherlock and Watson? You know, they were in the mysteries. They decided to take a vacation. And Sherlock bought a new tent, and they went out and camped out, built them a nice fire and sat around the fire, and it got bedtime. They put their fire out and went in the tent. <clears throat> Sherlock woke up in the middle of the night, and he realized Holmes is awake, and he said, Holmes, what do you see? Oh, he said, I'm just looking at the stars and the moon. What do you see? He said, well, you fool, I see somebody stole the tent for you to be able to see the moon and the stars here. So there's a lot of mysteries, but the scriptures talk about mysteries. And I want to talk about these mysteries this morning. We've been on them the last uh, couple of weeks. But uh, the definition for a mystery is something that is difficult or impossible to explain. And there's a scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 1.21. I want to look at it first. And it says, 
For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. But God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to those who believe. But the first part of that, I think, is so interesting. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God says, your wisdom, you're not going to figure this out. In fact, you can't calculate and figure this out. It's a mystery that only the Holy Spirit can reveal the power of the cross and what God is doing in. The cross is the wisdom and the power of God in a mystery that only the Holy Spirit can reveal. And then uh, I want to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God presented before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things, even the depths of God. So when someone comes and tells me they've always been saved, uh, they, can't, they don't know a time when they didn't belong to God, I tell them, you hadn't been to the cross. You haven't met Jesus yet. There'll be a time in your life when something happens. Can you not remember the time? Can you not remember walking the aisle or accepting Christ? Can you not remember uh, being baptized? Can you not remember other times that God really dealt with your life and your sin and you knew it was you standing before God? We, we've lost too much of that. We've lost the fear of God. Pastor Gerald, why, why are you preaching that? We, we know that. You know, I, I, you may know it in your head, but if it's in your heart, you're doing it. And I just don't see the church doing it. He's given us everything we need. But what about this mystery? See, I want to see the things. I have a desire to see the things I haven't seen. I have a desire to do things I haven't done in the spirit realm. There's things he wants us to hear. And you know, some of them I've heard and just didn't hear them. It's easy to just let that thought pass through. I was praying this morning and something just flashed through my mind. I got up and wrote it down for next Sunday night. I knew that was a word for it. And there's times you, you have to write it down. Oh, I'll, I'll remember it. Well, you may, but you might not. But God reveals them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Don't we need the Holy Spirit of God? 
We do. You, you need it more than you need anything. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. But it takes the power of the cross. We've got to go back to the cross. At the cross is where we meet the Lord. The Lord died on the cross. But don't you realize we're, we're supposed to die at the cross also? We're supposed to die. We had a testimony of a young girl that went to church and met Jesus and the old person died. Her life changed. That's supposed to be the, the norm. Some of us, it takes us longer to do that. But some of you are trying to do it like cutting off a dog's tail a little bit at a time. And it just doesn't work. You've just got to do it. You've just got to come and, and this would be a good morning. There'll be, there, listen, there'll be a bigger crowd in heaven when we stand before Jesus. This would be a good morning just to come and say, I, I want to give Jesus everything. I want him to be the Lord. Just ask the Lord to plant the cross in your heart. I've been asking him for that. Lord, I, I want to see there's more to the cross than what I see. There's more to what Jesus did. He didn't just one day walk out there and go to the cross and die. Now, hip, hip, hooray, we're all in free. Well, that is true, but so everybody's in free. They just don't know it. And they might not if you don't tell them. And I bless you to tell it. We, we've got to proclaim the good news. The Apostle Paul was blessed to write over half the New Testament. And his message was, I come and I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That was his message. He said, I didn't come with great speech. You don't have to speak it in King James English. They just need to hear, hear your story. But see, the Holy Spirit will lead you not just in spiritual things. He'll lead you in everything that pertains to your life. Because if you belong to Jesus, everything in your life ought to be a spiritual experience. That's true whether you, whether you believe it or not. The cross is... Somebody help me in here, will you? The cross is the wisdom and the power of God and mystery and only the Holy Spirit can reveal it. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the mystery to you. Holy Spirit, show us this mystery this morning. Angie started out this morning crying out to you. Lord, we have welcomed you, your presence in here. And we believe that you're meeting with us. We believe your power is in here. I believe the word that Dixie gave Josh this morning. I believe God's got a plan. One verse he, he's been reminding me of. Here's what God, God would say. Because you love me, I will deliver you. I will set you securely on high because you have known my name. Psalms 91.14. I've just been meditating on that. I know he's reminded me of it. He, God says, because you love me. If you love him, he said, I'll deliver you. I'll set you securely on high. Because you've known my name. Listen, the plans of God are good. 
But there is an adversary that's the, his biggest job is deceiving. He wants to deceive us. I'm going to do that, but, well, tomorrow. That's a good idea, but some of you got ideas, and you just need to go ahead and step out on it. We heard a testimony of a man last night's taking over some things here, here in the state for the OAPN, and uh, I recommended him for the job. But you know what? He said, well, I guess I just might as well do this. We make sometimes our decisions, we make them too hard. There's a verse that says, you cast your bread upon the water. Just see what God will do with it. Take a step. Do something. I mean, you're just sit there the eggs aren't going to hatch you know but we we've got to believe god is interested in everything we do he's involved in that let's look at john 16 7 now we know now the holy spirit has come amen, amen. we're not waiting on him he's waiting on us to join him but th this was jesus talking before the holy spirit came he's getting ready to leave them but I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Does Jesus speak truth? He said he would send him, and he has sent him. And he, he the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me a person that does not believe in jesus is doomed to hell that's the sin that sends a person to hell concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you no longer see see me concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged you know, when you accept the Lord, Scripture says Jesus became to us our wisdom. He becomes sanctification. He became our redemption. We're covered by His blood. We're set apart for His purpose. How often do we say, God, what's your plan today? What's your schedule today? We keep trying to talk Him in, uh, into our schedule. We've got to join Him. I'm telling you, he's, he's got his side figured out. And, and when Jesus said this, he says, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, you no longer see me. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Well, Jesus hadn't went to the cross yet. So in actuality, that hadn't happened. But in actuality, before the foundation of the world, that had already happened. That was the plan. And God had set it in purpose. And Jesus was already had agreed to it. He, he knew that that was going to happen. So God's got a, such a plan, such a place for us, that if we'll learn to walk with Him. <clears throat> but look, I can tell you stories, and you, you've heard them in here. People give words. Dixie and I were in Alabama in a meeting one time, and I was leading it. 
And sometime in the ministry time and praying for this woman as she started to just walk off, I said, you're like the woman at the well. And the pastor's wife came to me the next day and said, you didn't know she'd been married five times, did you? I said, no, I didn't know. I'm telling you, I had that lady's attention from then on. <clears throat> I mean, God will just give you things. He'll give you things. He'll show you how to run your business, build your business. He'll show you how to get along with your spouse. He'll show you how to do this. Of course, we were in the horse business. We showed horses. Angie was a teenager, and <clears throat> I'd sold her latest horse, which I did that a few times. But that's the way we made money was to buy and sell also. But we needed a horse. And I remember I was in the house one day and the Holy Spirit, this name, Miss Blue Pinnell, came through my mind. That was a horse's name I judged at a horse show in Kansas. Well, we ended up getting that horse and there's a lot to the story even. We got her down here and then somebody else wanted her and I said, okay. And their vet turned her down. And I knew that vet. It was a good thing I wasn't here. Because Jesse pulled her shoes off and had her walk across the gravel and said, I can't okay her. I said, you pull your shoe boots off and walk across there. But, you know, I was, I, I was flying home, so I had time. The Lord get me quietened down. But see, he worked that out for good. They bought another horse, and we kept that horse. We kept the best one. But God intervenes in things. The Holy Spirit knows what you need. He will guide you. You know, if your best friend's got the answer, you'll go spend some time with them. You'll go get counsel. You'll do it. And Jesus says, just come to me. All you are weary and heavy laden. I'll find rest for your soul. I've prayed for you. And the little granddaughter leave this week? No? Okay. All right. All right. It was bad last week and it's better today, right? Come on. See, God can move on your circumstances. Listen, the horse thing. Let me tell you, my dad bought Blondie's dude and we, we were nobody in the horse business. And we showed him in the state here, maybe Arkansas and Missouri. And he'd, he'd done well. And he was grand champion at Tulsa Fair. But my dad took him to Fort Worth. <clears throat> and he forgot to take a health certificate. And so they wouldn't let him in. So he had to call a vet to come out there. And he said, there I was. He, he had my truck and a trailer we had. And he said, all these big trucks were coming in with these big names and ranches on them. And he said, why am I down here? But you know, when it was over with, that judge didn't know him. He'd never heard of him. He'd never heard of that horse. But promotion comes from God, and he came out the winner. I mean, you're just one move from getting where God wants you, of just believing him and standing on that. See, 
we've got to be able to relate Christianity to everything we do. Christianity is just not why we're here this morning. I need him just as much this afternoon or in the morning. And you do too. We just sometimes forget that. There's people facing life situations over their jobs right now, whether to stay with their job or not because of having to take the vaccine. I mean, there's a lot of trauma. And there's trauma in families. There's trauma. You, you may have a family issue going on. There's families that they may look like they're together, but they're as divided as they can because there's a spirit working in them that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will fix them. But, you know, we've got to let him. We've got to let him. And it's just, Rhonda, God hears your prayers. He, he knows what he's, what he's doing in all of our lives. He's working in it. Philippians 2.13, For it's God who is working in you, both to will and work for His good pleasure. Isn't it interesting? He lets us get in some peculiar situations, don't we? And we keep crying out to Him. What about the three Hebrew boys? They come out of it pretty good, didn't they? They didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. But they didn't bow. They didn't burn. They stood. They believed in their God. But it's not just me saying, okay, I'm going to do what I want to do and God's going to bless it. No, I need to have the mind of God. And that takes some time. And I'm not saying it's easy. But, you know, I've looked back so many times and he guided me when I didn't know it. Oswald Chambers, I read him this morning. He said, uh, just quit asking. He said, asking God for continual guidance sometimes stops him. We just need to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is the answer. He is the way. But we say, yeah, I went to that cross. How special is the cross still to you? Is your life hid with Christ in God? Is your, that old man dead? Or is he ruling your life? You can be saved, and yet that old man, there's nothing. Where's the fruit of your life? How's that showing up in of you having the peace that you want to have in, in just your everyday life? I know it's a battle. I'm not saying it's not a battle. It is. I had a friend tell me when we had the horse sale in the 87, I guess. He said, I come by there several days and you was pretty blue. I was. I was trying to believe God through it. It wasn't working the way I thought it would. It didn't end up the way I thought it would. But God is still God. He is Lord. And he just wants us to join him. He's the majority. He is the majority. We just need to join him. Let me show you one other passage here. Hebrews uh, 12. And this is a contrast between Mount Sinai 
in Zion, or Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. And you know, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, and he got the Ten Commandments, they told the people, stay away from that mountain. If an animal even comes near there, it, it's dead. you got to kill it. I mean, God so came that Moses said, I, I was terrified. And Moses was used to meeting face-to-face -face with God. But the lightning, the thunder, the land shook. I mean, they were terrified. The people said, Moses, you just hear from God and tell us. We don't want to hear him again. But in verse 22, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels. Lord, I thank you for your ministering angels that are in here this morning. Thank you. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. Jesus is the firstborn. We're part of that church who are enrolled in heaven. Is your name enrolled in heaven? How do you know it's enrolled in heaven? What if you had to show proof that your name was enrolled in heaven? Lord, show us how to walk with you. The general assembly, church of the firstborn, who enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. I'm telling you, we can be that way before God. When we confess our sins, we're perfect. We're perfect. He puts his righteousness on us. I still think there's more of a spirit of self-condemnation than there is of Holy Spirit leading in so many of our lives. It's easy to let somebody put something on you to make you feel guilty. And maybe not somebody, just those thoughts that come. I mean, you never measure up enough. But if you just spend time with God and you just tell Him, Lord, I'm here to do what you want to do. Just get that honest with God. You'll have peace. If something's not right, He'll show you. But don't, well, is, is this wrong or that wrong? That's just junk coming at you. If God is, if there's something wrong in your life, you know it. I didn't want to show up early for supper if I knew something was wrong at home. Come on. It's the same way with God. We don't want to go pray. <clears throat> he might remember it. See, we've got, to we've got to get this down where we can relate to it. He said, come. He said, let the little children come to me. He said, except you come as a little child. You'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And to think, I've got to get good enough to come into God's presence. That means I'd never come into His presence because He puts His goodness on me. The best day I ever had, it says, looks like filthy rags in God's sight. But He loves us. He loves us. He's for us. But what difference is a cross making in your life? What, are, what kind of a difference are you making 
in the kingdom of God? Does your home make a statement for God that it's a godly home? Does your business